You're listening to the Holy Bible One Year Challenge with master storyteller Michael Wood, featuring the easy-to-read version and used by permission from Bible Week International. Enjoy the show! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Day 196. We're beginning the book of Amos. That's A-M-O-S. And this is considered one of the books of prophecy. I will be giving a more detailed introduction later in this episode. And we're also continuing in the book of Romans. Paul addresses the Jews and the laws that they follow. And if you remember in the book of Acts, the Jews wanted to kill Paul many times. And if you're wondering why, well, just check out what he says about the Jews in Romans chapter 2. But of course, he's also referring to non-Jews as well. So everyone gets their fair share of correction from Paul. If you enjoy the show, visit me at patreon.com forward slash storymaster. You'll find the link in the description box below. By contributing as little as $1 per month, you will enable me to continue this ministry. And you'll get cool rewards too. Together, we're going to get through the Bible in one year. Let's get started. The Book of Amos, an introduction. The prophet Amos did not come from a family of prophets. He was not trained to be a prophet. He had other work besides serving as a prophet. He raised sheep and had an orchard of fruit trees. He probably had no formal education, but he did not feel less qualified than those who had special training. He was very successful in business, and he was not afraid to speak to anyone, even kings. God used Amos to speak his message to the people of Israel. Amos was not from Israel. He was from Judah. It is possible that his business took him north to Israel to trade with the people there. But the main reason Amos went to Israel was because God sent him there. God took Amos from working in his fields to speaking words of warning to his Israelite relatives in the north. When Amos went to Israel... It was a time of peace and great success, about the middle of the 8th century BC. An Israelite king was in control. There was no reason to fear war from any other nation, including Judah in the south. Northern Israel had more wealth and land than at any other time in its history, but they would not be able to keep up this success for long. In order for some Israelites to be rich, other Israelites had to be poor. Some rich people would buy food in the farm areas for low prices. Then they would take that food into the cities and sell it at much higher prices. This made life very difficult for the poor people, and it created a class of greedy Israelites who enjoyed a life of luxury at the expense of the poor. Their wealth gave them time to live selfishly. They could eat and drink whatever they wanted. They could lie in bed all day. They were often involved in sexual sin, even trading partners with each other. Then they would go to their temple to offer sacrifices. Amos let these wealthy hypocrites know that God was not pleased with this kind of worship. Amos came and delivered God's message to the Israelites. First, he told them that God would judge the other nations for harming Israel. Of course, the Israelites were glad to hear this message from God, and they were very happy to hear Amos tell them that 
God would judge their relatives to the south in Judah for their sins. But then Amos told them that God would also judge them, the people of Israel. This was not what they wanted to hear. Amos teaches us that God can use anyone, educated or not, to speak for him. Amos chapter 1. The messages written here came in visions from God to a man named Amos. He was from the town of Tekoa, where he owned flocks of sheep. Amos received these messages about Israel two years before the earthquake that happened, when Uzziah was king of Judah, and Jeroboam son of Jehoash was king of Israel. This is what Amos heard and said. The Lord roars like a lion from Zion. His voice sounds like thunder from Jerusalem. So the pastures will turn brown and die. Even the grass on top of Mount Carmel will dry up. Punishment for Aram. This is what the Lord says. I will punish the people of Damascus for their many crimes. I will not change my mind. They crushed the people of Gilead like grain crushed with iron, threshing tools. So I will burn down King Haziel's palace and all the fortresses of King Ben-Hadad. I will also break open the gates of Damascus. I will destroy the king and Abed Valley and the ruler in Beth Eden. The Arameans will be taken back to Kir as prisoners. These are the Lord's own words. Punishment for Philistia. This is what the Lord says. I will punish the people of Gaza for their many crimes. I will not change my mind. They captured whole towns and sold the people as slaves to Edom. So I will burn down the walls of Gaza and all the fortresses there. I will destroy the king of Ashdod and the ruler of Eshkelon. Then I will attack Ekron, and any Philistines left alive will die. These words are from the Lord God. Punishment for Phoenicia. This is what the Lord says. I will punish the people of Tyre for their many crimes. I will not change my mind. They captured whole towns and sold the people as slaves to Edom. They did not keep the agreement of friendship they had made with those people. So I will burn down the walls of Tyre and all the fortresses there. Punishment for Edom. This is what the Lord says. I will punish the people of Edom for their many crimes. I will not change my mind. They chased their Israelite relatives with swords and showed them no mercy. They tore them apart with uncontrolled anger and never stopped showing their rage. So I will burn down the city of Temin and all the fortresses of Basra. Punishment for Ammon. This is what the Lord says. I will punish the Ammonites for their many crimes. I will not change my mind. They ripped open pregnant women in Gilead so they could add that land to their own. 
so I will burn down the walls of Rauba and all its fortresses. They will hear the battle cries of their enemies, and trouble will come on them like a storm. Their king and his officials will be captured, and they will all be taken away as prisoners. These are the Lord's own words. Punishment for Moab. This is what the Lord says. I will punish the people of Moab for their many crimes. I will not change my mind. They dishonored the bones of Edom's king. They burned them to ashes. So I will destroy the land of Moab with fire. I will burn down the fortresses of Kerioth. They will die in the noise of battle, among the shouts of soldiers and trumpet blasts. I will bring down their leader and kill their officials. These are the Lord's own words. Punishment for Judah. This is what the Lord says. I will punish the people of Judah for their many crimes. I will not change my mind. They refuse to accept my teachings and have not obeyed my commands. They have been led the wrong way by the same false gods their ancestors served. So I will destroy the land of Judah with fire and will burn down the fortresses of Jerusalem. Punishment for Israel. This is what the Lord says. I will punish the people of Israel for their many crimes. I will not change my mind. They sell good people as slaves for a little silver. They sell a poor man for the price of a pair of sandals. They trample helpless people into the dirt and push away those who need help. Fathers and sons have sex with the same woman and bring shame on my holy name. At every altar, people are lying on clothes taken from the poor, trying to give them up as a promise to pay a debt. And they drink wine at my temple, wine that people brought to pay fines. Have you forgotten, Israel, that I am the one who destroyed the Amorites before you? They were as tall as cedar trees and as strong as oaks, but I completely destroyed them, roots, branches, and all. I was the one who brought you out of Egypt. For 40 years, I led you through the desert so you can have the land of the Amorites. I made some of your sons prophets and some of your young men Nazarites. People of Israel, isn't this the truth? These are the Lord's own words. But you made the Nazarites break their vow as you told the prophets not to prophesy. Now you will groan under my punishment, like a cart full of grain straining under the weight. No one will escape, not even the fastest runner. The strong will not be strong enough. Even warriors will not be able to save themselves. The archers will be forced to run away. The swiftest soldiers will not outrun disaster. Even those on horses will not escape alive. On that day, the bravest warriors will run away, leaving even their clothes behind. These are the Lord's own words. Romans chapter 2, verse 17 to chapter 3, verse 8. The Jews and the Law. 
and you call yourself a Jew, and you feel secure in having the law. You proudly claim to be one of God's special people. You know what God wants you to do, and you know what is important because you have learned the law. You think you're a guide for people who can't see the right way, a light for those who are in the dark. You think you can show foolish people what is right, and you think you are a teacher for those who are just beginning to learn. You have the law, and so you think you know everything and have all truth. You teach others. So why don't you teach yourself? You tell them not to steal, but you yourself steal. You say they must not commit adultery, but you yourself are guilty of that sin. You hate idols, but you steal them from their temples. You are so proud that you have God's law, but you bring shame to God by breaking his law. As the scriptures say, people and other nations insult God because of you. If you follow the law, your circumcision has meaning. But if you break the law, it is as if you were never circumcised. Those who are not Jews are not circumcised. But if they do what the law says, it is as if they were circumcised. You have the written law and circumcision, but you break the law. So those who are not circumcised in their bodies, but still obey the law, will show that you are guilty. You are not a true Jew. If you are a Jew only on the outside, I mean, true circumcision goes deeper than the skin. A true Jew is one who is a Jew inside. Yes, true circumcision takes place in the heart. It's something the Spirit does, not what is done to follow the written law. And anyone who is circumcised in the heart by the Spirit gets praise from God, not from people. So. Do Jews have any benefit that others don't have? Does their circumcision do them any good? Oh yes, the Jews have many benefits. The most important one is this. God trusted them to share his promises. It is true that some Jews were not faithful to do what God wanted. But will that stop God from faithfully doing what he promised? Of course not. Even if everyone else fails to keep their promises, God will always do what he says. As the scriptures say about him, you will be proved right in what you say, and you will win when people accuse you. But here's the way some people think. When we do wrong, that shows more clearly that God is right. So can we say that God is unfair when he punishes us? And of course not. If God is unfair, how can he judge the world? Yet when I lie, it really gives God glory because my lie makes it easier to see that he is truthful. So why am I judged a sinner? And why not say, we should do evil so good can come from it. Some people are saying that's what we teach. They should be condemned for saying that. Proverbs chapter 17, verses five through 14. Whoever makes fun of beggars insults their maker. Whoever laughs at someone else's trouble will be punished. Grandchildren are the pride and joy of old age, and children take great pride in their parents. You would not expect to hear a fine speech from a fool, and you should not expect lies from a ruler. Some people think a bribe is like a lucky charm. It seems to work everywhere they go. 
Forgive someone, and you will strengthen your friendship. Keep reminding them, and you will destroy it. Smart people learn more from a single correction than fools learn from a hundred beatings. Those who are evil only want to cause trouble. In the end, punishment without mercy will be sent to them. It is better to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool who is busy doing foolish things. If you do wrong to those who are good to you, you will have trouble the rest of your life. The start of an argument is like a small leak in a dam. Stop it before a big fight breaks out. Thank you, everyone. That was day 196. Join us for day 197. We're continuing in the book of Amos. There is a warning to all people in Israel. And Amos begins to talk about a reason for all things to happen. It's a rather long poem. And in chapter 4, we'll talk about women who love pleasure. But in the Bible, this isn't necessarily a good thing. Pleasure equals drunkenness, sin, and debauchery. Enough for God to say, you people of Israel, prepare to meet your God. And in the book of Romans, Paul explains that all people are guilty. No one does what is right. But the good news is, Paul explains how God is able to make people right. We hope you enjoyed today's verses. Be sure to leave us a positive review and to share this podcast with your friends and family. Please join us for the next episode as we experience the Bible in one year. Did you know we offer online courses in creative writing, literature, and web design? Visit us at storymaster.online to learn more.